You are listening to Get Real Podcast. All right, Glenn, how long have you been in the South now? It's been a while. It's been over 30 years now. Do you all have uh, fire ants in the North? No. I don't think you do. I don't think so. Well, it's something kind of unprecedented. And this is my just weird miscellaneous ramblings, edit at will. <laughs> but the other day I cheated on my ketogenic diet, right? All right. And I bought a watermelon. Okay. I have a weakness for watermelon. I like it. So I didn't shop. I wasn't even thinking. It was spur of the moment. I saw it. It was very primal. And it was like watermelon. So I just grabbed it, bought it at Walmart. Weird thing was it was seedless. And normally I try to get the normal ones, you know, mm-hmm. just when they get altered or whatever is weird. I dropped a piece of it on my back patio. I've been in the South my pretty much my whole life couple years outside the country yeah and kind of the rule is this that if you drop watermelon you're gonna have fire ants on that thing or regular ants within five minutes they're gonna say okay bring them everybody come out of here <laughs> set up the scaffolding and they start dismantling that uh-huh. right and then i look down and for like three days there's been a chunk of watermelon on my back patio with not one ant and it's kind of having the resilient of like a McDonald's French fry. Like it just looks it the lasts same. forever. Yeah. And I'm like, did I buy like a genetically altered watermelon? <laughs> I'm re- I mean, because things I'm like sitting there freaking out. My daughter was like, I told you not to buy stuff there. <laughs> but it's kind of funny because it, it's fun. You could laugh about it. But like when everybody was trying to talk us into margarine, you know, when we were growing right. up, you can lay out margarine. That stuff. It sits there forever. A fly won't touch it. Ants won't touch it. It just sits there and like a, a McDonald's French fry. So I don't, I want my watermelon. I, you, you can take, um, what's it called? Regular cane sugar. Mm-hmm. And then right beside it, you could put uh, Splenda. And the ants won't touch the fake sugars. They're like, this is not food. And they go moving on, but they'll eat all of the, the regular cane sugar. sugar. Yeah. So that watermelon, I don't know if it's a spiritual thing going on, keeping the, <laughs> fire ants away if so i want that type of anointing i don't know but anyway we got a good band interview coming we up. do and we're going to stay here in the south i'm going to ask them that question yeah they're because from the they're, south. they're from the south yeah they're from mooresville north carolina we're going to be talking to last trumpet and we can find out from them if they've ever dropped a piece of watermelon and had fire ants stay away from i them. mean i'd give them at least 10 minutes 15 minutes probably max but i've never seen it right and it's still there it's still there. You're going to have to take a picture I of this. I will take a picture that will update the website for proof. But it doesn't even look like, uh, what do you call it, when like apples oxidized or what? It doesn't it didn't look nasty. I mean, I thought about picking that sucker up and <laughs> have a little snack. I think you got a genetically engineered I think I did. Watermelon. Man, I ate GMO melano. <laughs> so, Dan, as I said, we have a band from the south, from Mooresville, North Carolina good, with us today. because I got to know. I got to know. You got to know. They are last trumpet. And are you guys, were you born and raised in the South or did you move from other places in the United States and kind of wind up in Mooresville? Because this is going to help us answer a, a mystery that we're trying to figure out. Where are you guys originally from? This is Tiffany and I was born and raised here. Now, my other three band members that are here with me, they are not originals (laughs) well then we'll have to ask you but i am i was born and raised here well let me ask you this tiffany have you ever dropped a piece of watermelon outside like on the patio and within in the south within like five to 15 minutes i've never seen a piece of watermelon not covered with ants just never seen it seems to happen all the time and i bought a watermelon i was telling glenn and three days ago we dropped a piece of it on the patio and not an ant will touch it, nor does it look wilted or dried. And I'm like, I think I got like a weird genetically modified demon-possessed watermelon. <laughs> and I just wanted to ask y'all the question, if, if y'all are from the South, if you've ever seen that, or am I the only weirdo that's ever noted that, that fire ants seem to be right on top of watermelon, but not mine. Well, around here, if, if we have watermelon, we don't leave a whole lot left on the <laughs> Well, something's wrong with what I picked up from a a local distributor. Maybe it's just your watermelon picker. 
Maybe so. Well, yeah, it could be. I don't know. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate the bonus question. <laughs> so Last Trumpet was formed in 2017, and really the, the driving force behind it is Tiffany Shelton and her husband, Chris Shelton. They are currently signed with Shock Raven Faith Records. Something going on Something there. Something going on there. Tiffany does vocals, and Christopher plays guitar and does vocals as well. And I saw your band picture and saw the name, The Last Trumpet, and I didn't see Chuck Mangione in there. So I figured, you know what? This is probably... Or Kenny G. No, that's saxophone. No, that's saxophone. That's saxophone. Okay. Dan, go sit in the corner, okay, please. I will. Sorry. Okay, no. I'll try to behave. <laughs> Chuck Mangione's too busy at Megalomart right now <laughs> playing down there. Only the King of the Hill fans are going to get that. Go <laughs> but uh, that name, Last Trumpet, it's very apocalyptic. How did you guys come up with that name? The way we came up with that is through Revelations eleven fifteen. It says, Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were a loud voices shouting in heaven. The world has now become the kingdom of the Lord and his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. So that was Lexa, our computer tech, our sound effects lady. For us, TLT was born pretty much like as a watchman's call. We are what we consider a warfare band. We don't go out just to make things nice. God gave us a very specific message um, that the end times are coming. And right now you kind of see things playing out in front of you. And if you have spiritual eyes, you see that. And some folks that don't have spiritual eyes, they don't recognize it for what it is. So for us, the last trumpet speaks about the last trumpet blowing. And at that point, it's best served if you have yourself in relationship with God. <laughs> um, so for us, it's a, it's the trumpet blaring is the watchman's call. I'm going to ask you this, Tiffany, because you'll have to bear with me. I'm one of those guys who many years ago graduated from seminary. And when I graduated from seminary, I thought I knew everything. And I thought I knew I thought I knew exactly how the end times were going to roll out and how it was all going to come about. And I had like these pictures of Mad Max in my mind when thinking about the apocalypse. Where do you think we are now? And there's no right or wrong answer to this, because as I I don't know much, I know some things really. But what it comes down to is. God is doing things very differently than what I've expected in my mind. Where do you think we are in terms of hearing that last trumpet, especially now in the light of the COVID-19 pandemic? Where do you think we're at? What do you think God's doing and God is showing you? Can you share that with us? For me personally, and I, and I think I kind of speak for my husband too, but um, using spiritual eyes, I mean, we're definitely in a preparation period. I'm not going to say that I, you know, I have a specific date and here's when God's coming back and it's this day and it's this time. I don't think we can ever do that. And I don't think he would want us to know. I think you walk in faith. That's a very clear thing. So our faith tells us that, yeah, it's coming. But if you're looking for those signs and wonders, um, how can you not see the way that the seasons are running into each other? How can you not see that there are episodes taking place all over the world? They should be eye-openers, what I like to call them. They should be awakening moments for people to go, oh, what is this and why is it coming and how is it happening? Well, there's an answer to that. depends on what your focal point is. If you're focused on God and you're using spiritual eyes, you kind of see things for what they are. Um, but again, I, you know, I can't pinpoint a date and a time <laughs> you know, to tell everybody, you better have the bell rung by this date. I don't want to be the one be praying into the things that are happening um, and knowing that the Lord wants faithful followers. He's faithful to us, and it's our job to be faithful to him and look for what he's doing. And if, if we don't know what he's doing, it's our job to ask, Lord, show me what you need me to see. For me, I just see things playing out biblically. Um, you know, if you look at the church in general, churches were started in homes. Well, where are we having church right now? We're oh. at home. We're having home church. We're, we're having to invite the Holy Spirit in our own homes again, where it all started foundationally. Um, I just, I mean, for me, it's a preparation period, and it's, it's an aha moment of going, okay, he's speaking, and he's, he's advancing, um, and that's just the way I see it. You guys have anything to add to that? 
I agree with you. I think God is calling us back to basics about what's important and our families and God and putting God first in our life and, and focusing in on the things of God, just like what you said. We've only been into this interview for what, about four or five minutes and I've been edified already that what you guys are saying, it just resonates in me. We, we can't tell the time or the hour and that really summed it up as to why we can't tell the time or the hour because it takes faith. And if God told right. us, well, I'm coming back on July 22nd, 2022, that wouldn't take faith. Right. Mm -hmm. And the other thing it would yep. do is it would produce a lazy church. We'd be like, well, yes. I'll, I'll get to <laughs> better sober up. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll right. just, yeah, I'll That's just right. live the way that I want right now, and uh, just, just reach for the stars and blow all my rockets into space, and then on July twenty first, just calm down, and then maybe I'll get saved on you know July twenty first and get my life <laughs> exactly. right. Yeah, now. That's, that's not the way that it works. Now, something interesting about your name that I noticed as I was preparing for the interview, the three T's in the last trumpet are all capitalized and everything else is lowercase. Is there some significance behind that or did somebody leave the caps lock on when you were using the computer? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we just wanted to be different. And also, them three T's kind of represent the... Um, crosses at Calvary, even though they're not actual crosses. We've talked about maybe at some point in time, if we change our logo, then we might make them crosses. But that basically stands for the, the three crosses that were at Calvary. Yeah. Wow. And if you think about the T-bar, a lot of songs talk about how far he goes from east to west. Um, I think that's a good representation. Um, not, you know, his scars go from east to west. And so the T-bar is just kind of it kind of surrounds so many things that he's done, you know, being on the cross and his hands stretched out with, with nail spikes and his reach, his rate, his reach is infinite. There is no, there's no stop or start. It just goes. He's omnipotent. I've actually seen uh, historical depictions of Roman crucifixion with a, a T yes. instead of a cross before. Yes. I, mean, I don't, I don't know what, what is yeah. accurate, but it's interesting. Yeah. I've, I've seen the same thing where the, depictions are of the center of the cross not being in the middle but being at the top and looking more like a t so you guys actually might be onto something and a little bit ahead of the curve and in what you've got there yeah we were just trying to be different we you know it turned out that way that's how he works though yeah. <laughs> it is there have been things that i've done where i'm like okay yeah that looks pretty cool and then i'll go back and realize that oh wait there was actually significance to that in, in actually doing it. I'm like, oh, wow, God, really? I, I Hey, I was obedient to the spirit, you know, and you don't realize it until <laughs> <Whoops>. you're done. <laughs> yep. So, but you know, he works like that. He'll set you up strategically. Yeah, he does. Isn't it funny? Because I don't, there's some movies like that. They'll have a bumbling character that it, by accident, he pulls off like all these amazing things, you know, like, uh, that's probably how, uh, I know. How <laughs> That's how we feel most of the time up here when we're doing this. Yeah. So, <laughs> Well, for our listeners who have been with us for a while, they've seen a trend in what we're doing. And it's not that we set it up this way. We kind of bumble into this a little, bit. a little bit. The majority of the artists that we've interviewed are husband and wife or they are brothers. And we've even had father and daughter. And some of these bands are just I mean, they're amazing. And I really believe that it attests to the power of the family unit getting back to the basics again of how mm -hmm. God has established and ordained that. And Chris and Tiffany, your, your husband and wife, can you share with us a little bit about the romance behind The Last Trumpet? How did that all come about? Was it the music first? Was it the relationship? <laughs> did it all happen at the same time? Was it more bumbling? Was it more <laughs> bumbling? How, how did it happen? Well, now listen. <laughs> well, now listen. When I first saw him with his guitar, it was the prettiest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. No, but um, actually, our band, several of us have musical history together for probably spanning a, over two decades. It just so happens that we've all ministered together, but in different points of our lives. And then when God brought pieces of the unit back together, it's kind of like, oh, there it is. <laughs> Like Brian and Chris, you know, um, did ministry together at a church years ago, but they also were part of another band together. 
John and Shannon Parker are Chris's brother and sister-in-law, my brother and sister-in-law, and then Brian and Lexa, like I said, because they had connection through a different band in their previous years, we kind of all have just come back together, and the Lord just kind of aligned that through a church that we all randomly started attending together just because we needed somewhere to go, um, and that's just how he orchestrated that, and then you know, Chris would start um, getting lyrics and music, and we're, we're sitting going, okay, so what do we do with this? Well, then the, the light bulbs, as you would call them, would go off, and the Lord would say, here's the vision. And, you know, he gave Chris the vision for what TLT was to look like, and it just kind of has evolved from there. But it's, it's again, it's family um, and history coming back um, and the Lord anointing a newness in that history to take it forward for us. The only band member that's not in a marriage is our bass player. Yeah. It's Colton, all, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's getting ready to go off to college. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> he, okay. He with, he's been interning with us and he is actually a senior this year. So he's getting ready to take off to college. So um, he got to kind of step in and do some music ministry with us and kind of figure out what that looks like and what it's about. And, what Christian labels are about, and um, it was kind of, um, I guess, a, a getting to know what it looks like experience for him, um, <laughs> and, you know, hoping that we left him with some positive things of what, you know, music ministry for the Lord can look like and what doors can open. And is Colton with you today? He's not. <laughs> he's in South Carolina. <laughs> oh, he's down here with us because we're in South Carolina. Yeah. What part of South Carolina is he in today? I'm not sure, honestly. He, he's like, I'm he's not going to make it today. <laughs> yeah, he just had a birthday. Oh, cool. Oh, well, Colton, when you listen to this, congratulations on being a senior <laughs> and going to college. And, and be careful down here because the, the fire ants ain't <laughs> acting right. <laughs> we got something wrong with water <laughs> the fire ants down here. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny and, and silly in a way you see the world try to emulate what God does through the family unit and through husband and wife. Dan, can you cue the drama music for me in the background, <laughs> please? Because as you know, on ABC, we've got a new television show now. And what we're really trying to do here at Get Real is rival ABC television. Absolutely. And they have The Bachelor, Listen to Your Heart on ABC. This is a show where single men and women who are musicians or work in the music industry hoping to find love through music. The contestants will sing well-known songs both individually and as couples and explore their relationships while living together and going on bachelor-style dates that focus on music. Sounds like a flop. Yeah, I, I threw up in my mouth four times. <laughs> but no, they're trying to emulate and trying to work what God works in, this re, in these relationships that we've been encountering with different families and different couples, Yeah, trying to make that work. And really, how has music really enhanced your relationship? You mean like with the band members or like specifically with my husband and our marriage? Both, all the way around. Okay, well, I know that music is a place of intimacy um, for those who speak that language. Um, my music history started very early in age, but it took it was a different form than what Chris's relationship with music took. Chris has been all guitar, all music lyrics, all writing, like pretty much majority of his life. But me, it was with dance. So we both had a relationship with music in and of itself for, for years, but to be able to come together and not only realize that that gifting and that relationship with music actually was part of our relationship with God, that was a huge eye-opening moment. Um, but I know that when Chris and I are in a true place of worship together, um, it creates like a powerhouse for the Lord to move. Um, it's kind of like coming into agreement. Um, you come into agreement with the Lord individually, but then when you have a couple who ministers and has that relationship with music, but then has that relationship with music because of God, it's just amazing what He can do physically, but also emotionally and spiritually through that connection. It's just, um, it, it, for me, it's almost like a link it's like a, a connector link that you you know you'd plug in your USB port to put it into the power outlet. Like it's almost kind of like it's a way for us to plug into each other sometimes. 
gives you a deeper understanding of each other, what you're, what you're feeling and what's going on on the inside, I would think. Yeah. Because when you create music, you're expressing what's stirring on the inside. And that's really, you're being vulnerable, really, in a lot of ways when you express through music. It's, it's an yeah. expression of vulnerability. It certainly breaks down walls. And I noticed, too, that on your band lineup, you have, this is the first time I've seen this, your computer tech listed. I've never seen that in any of the bands that we've interviewed yet. Two questions. What does the computer tech do for Last Trumpet? And also, we've got an Atari 800 from 1979 over here that we're trying to install Windows 10 on. (laughs) So if you can help us figure that out. But in all seriousness, how does the computer tech play into the overall role of the Last Trumpet? My computer tech um, is Lexa Orr, and she is actually here with us, so I'm going to let her talk to you about what she does. Hello. <laughs> hey, <are> Lexa. <laughs> um, basically, um, I, I have special sounds and effects that go to, to the songs that they play, and I, you know, I, I do that. Also, I have a shofar that I use um, to usher in the Holy Spirit. Oh, I am so and down I- with that. Okay, that is so that is so cool. cool. <laughs> that is cool. She she opens our set every show that we go to. Um, we open with prayer, and then um, Lexa plays the or blows the shofar for us, um, just to give that time and that moment and that space to the Lord, um, and to make room for His Holy Spirit to come in and do what He has intentions to do. Um, so, those are those are things that she she does every show. <laughs> And we actually have one that's for celebration, and one is for spiritual warfare. Yeah. So you have two two shofars then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are the difference between the two? Well, the celebration one was to to usher in. Well, the cel- celebration, just like what it says, it's for a celebration. Um, you know, when you know you've got victory over something, is what I think about. The other thing is I think about what Tiffany and Chris said from from day one. Um, they're a spiritual warfare band. That was their desire when they started this, and actually they gave me the um this the um, shofar for spiritual warfare. And that is supposed to be played when the Holy Spirit speaks to me and I feel like there's a battle going on and to, to fight off the enemy. And that's, you know, you know, when we're playing and we go somewhere where, you know, there may be somebody that's struggling that um, the God lays on our heart, lays on my heart, that that's supposed to be played. Um, there have been quite a few shows, you know, that we've gone to um, where you're singing a particular song and a lyric and a, the, the guitar rift hits or the drum beat pounds and immediately the Lord is taking you into this place. And it's not just that we're warring just to war, but you may be warring for somebody's life that's in that room. And that is very important for us because when we say we're a band um, that's meant to, to go into warfare, a prophecy that was spoken over Chris specifically and his music was that we're called to go to the places nobody else wants to go. And that doesn't just mean physically, that means intimately. That means spiritually. We're not called to just sit and, oh, well, I'll pray for you. It's, it's going to get, bless your heart for the Bible Belt. <laughs> we're not called to that. Um, we're called to get in there and get our hands and feet dirty. That's what warfare is. And when there's a time the Lord says, blow my shofar, make, make, make that joyful noise, or blow, bring in, my, bring in my essence, let me drip oil here. It's our job to be obedient to that, and um, the shofar and the sound effects are just an extension of, you know, the power and the push of breaking off the devil's foothold in some people's lives. Quick question for Lexa on the shofar. Is there a difference in the size and the shape of the one that you use for warfare and the size and the shape of the one used for celebration? Because I know you have the triple twist shofar. You also have the single, the smaller ones. Is there a difference in structure between the two? There is. um, The smaller one is for spiritual warfare. The larger one is for celebration. Okay. Now I know the difference. I saw the big one in the photo. I think. Yeah, that was cool. That really caught my eye. I didn't see Chuck Mangione, but when I saw that show far, I was like, oh, yeah, there we go. And it's really cool how you talk about music being and musical instruments being instruments of warfare, because when you look in the Old Testament, I have a little bit of a background in field artillery and cannons. 
But when you take a look at the scripture, when it talks about artillery, artillery and musical instruments are one in the same in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. So the instruments are instruments of war in the spiritual realm. Interesting. It, you know, just kind of like doctrinally, like you were saying, like you used to think you had everything figured out. And it's the more that I read and the more that I live and, and see things that I feel like, yeah, I'm not so sure. And not in some sort of dangerous ambiguity when it comes to doctrinal things, but with the understanding that some of these dark sayings, we don't know about it. I always wonder when it comes to things like that in spiritual warfare or the praises of God's people, we know it does something. You kind of wonder what the enemy gets out of it. Is it a memory from the way it was before the fall of the angel? Is it, you know, what's going on? Yeah. It, it, and you wonder how they kind of shudder through different things. Like you see the things that happened in the Old Testament. I just always wonder about the actual specific. Yeah. Well, if a demon hears a shofar and it's it's played with an anointing and it's played in prayerfulness and it, what goes on in that? Yeah. It's kind of different. Yeah. I don't know. So how would you best describe the music of the last trumpet? Oh, we each had, <laughs> when we started like going through these questions, we each had something a little different. So go ahead, Lexa, what do you feel? Heartfelt, Brian. Powerful. Uh, cry in the wilderness. Mm. And for me, our our music is ever evolving. It's always changing. It's really neat that each of you has a different perspective on your music. Well, they're all different parts yeah. of the <laughs> different parts. Yeah, different parts of the same body. Yeah, it's that's really neat. And musical influences that have influenced your sound. Who are some of the bands and artists that have really kind of shaped and molded and kind of influenced what you've been doing? Actually, um, when I started in music, it was, you know, I, the secular bands that, that kind of got me started. First, being here in the South was Leonard Skinner. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> 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 All those riffs, you know. And then, then it kind of progressed from there into metal when I was introduced to Metallica and Megadeth. And, and then on the Christian side of it, when I became a Christian, um, when I heard P.O.D. and Project 86 for the first time, those, those were kind of the, the starter, I guess, the, the little starter fires for me. Striper is another one. Disciple. Nice. Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> so being in the Bible Belt in Mooresville, North Carolina, we experienced... The same thing here, especially in the 90s, Dan and I, whenever you said rock or metal in a Christian circle, you'd be looked at and they'd start throwing holy water at you thinking that you're going <laughs> to melt. Uh, and then when you mentioned Christian lyrics with rock and metal, it became even worse. Have you guys had any resistance to what you've been doing or anybody kind of give you that evil eye look like, yeah, this, this isn't it? And how have you overcome that? We haven't really had like any in-your-face encounters with that, but we, we've we had some, like, kind of background noise, so to speak, you know, um, where we just knew that we were not being accepted at some venues, but uh, other than that, not, not a whole lot with this band. Um, my encounters with that were in previous bands when I first got started. I think one thing um, for me as far as resistance goes, I mean, I, of course you, you're going to have your, I hate to deem it a certain way, but some generations still have the attitude of, well, I just don't know about that. And that's fine, but, you know, we're called to be all things to all people in and out of season. And I think it truly just depends on your call. Like, you know, we're not called to be contemporary band to minister to this type of community over here. We're called to get into the places like it was prophesied, places people don't want to go. And that may even mean musically. We're called to get into the streets. We're called to go into the back alleys. We're called to go into the jails. We're called to go into juvenile detention centers and take what we know the way God gave it to us and deliver it. That's our responsibility. That's our obedience. Um, the rest is up to him and that person. And we have seen people actually change their opinion after they've heard us for the first time. You know, I think our band name kind of, they don't really know what to expect from us. They're thinking Bible Belt Baptist, um, <laughs> like country-style country, country style music when you think of the last trumpet. But when they hear our metal and our rock sound come out, we've had more pleasantly shocked people more than anything um, as far as a resistance goes. But 
Um, like I said, we have had encounters where people are like, you know, I, I never really, and as a matter of fact, we had an encounter in Tennessee um, yeah, at a yeah, festival yeah, where there was a guy who was like, I never even would have wanted to hear Christian rock or metal. He said, but you guys have changed my mind. I'm like, well, <laughs> that's, that's cool. how God does things. <laughs> that, that, that is cool. <laughs> God doesn't want to be in a box. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. So you are like the Gaither vocal band in that it's Christian. So <laughs> that's there you re- go. It's really interesting. I mean, genres are kind of like different languages. Yeah. I mean, if you think about like if you speak fluent Mandarin or you speak German, you have the sounds are very different. The, the nuances, the vocabulary, everything about the establishment of the communication is different, but it's still within the realm of communication and you learn that stuff. So there's a lot of times that some music does nothing to me. It's just blah, 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 blah. It's like Charlie Brown's teacher, Mm -hmm. right? Right. I mean, certain pop, I don't dislike all pop, but it's total just background noise to use what was just spoken. But it's, um, it's, and when people liken it, I remember, I won't mention the guy that wrote the book, um, but somebody pointed out in a book, this big volume, and he was like, well, here, here is why, Cause I was into Christian heavy metal, you know, and everything. And I was like a high school student. They were like, well here, this whole, all these chapters are why that is wrong. And it was like this person, none of it was scriptural. It was all extra biblical. It went in finite detail, just disqualifying everything about any genre of music other than probably like Gregorian chant or something. I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, and I liken that to the verse in uh, what is it in, in Psalms where it's talking about, you know, let everything that have breath and you got whales and, wind and volcanoes and seas and all sorts of noisy cacophony of things going on right so it's like that whole thing has always just rubbed me wrong i got real condemned about it yeah at one time growing up man it was like horrible if you were to listen to anything but a hymn you know where i was oh coming from yeah definitely barry manilow or something barry manilow (laughs) barry manilow is now authorized (laughs) by this church (laughs) you know we've been through that phase oh totally you know when when the pastor would get up and say we went to it we spent 13 years in a very weird church almost a cult so you'll have to understand where we where we're coming from but if the pastor's like well you know i was listening to um what would it be uh, Creed. Oh, everybody go out and buy Creed albums because it was now the authorized yeah, band. Yeah, like, oh, you're to. not going to get in trouble. It was yeah, legalistic. It was really, really legalistic and really strange. But Creed, that hurt a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Creed I think fan. Part of, I think part of that too, though, goes back to the fact that you know God's willing to leave the 99 for the one. And if he puts us in front of an audience of 5,000 people, but there's only one person in there receiving our music, was it not worth it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, Good point. No, that's, that, kind of, that's a big deal. That's a big deal for us. I mean, you know, we can go and play in a venue full of thousands of people, but if God sent us there for one person, then we're still being obedient. And if somebody else got something out of it, that's a bonus, but we're we're out to do what God told us to do. So, if that means we we go down the street and we sit on the side of the road and minister to one person or we go into a big venue that's packed out with millions of people, it's our job to be obedient. Um, and as far as the, you know, the resistance side of things, that's not for us to worry about. That's, that's for him to, to worry about because if he's got a mission in that place for this warfare band to go in and, and knock down, then that's what we're called to do. That's really and cool. And we fully trust that he's going to knock that door down and get us in there to minister to that one who can relate to us yeah. through testimony. You're in warfare. There will be resistance, and that it's the Lord's battle, not ours. That's absolutely correct. When you engage in warfare, there will be resistance. There will be kickback. There will be trials and tribulations. It'll all come, but it's the Lord's battle, and we know that in the end, he's given us the victory. Well, that's really cool. I hear the heart of ministry. You know, the Raven yeah. Faith, every group that we've had, you know. From Raven Faith, it's, yeah. Y'all, it's consistently, it's people that really have a heart of gold for the lost, for people hurting and uh, no, it's just yeah. cool. cool thing. How was it that you guys came to meet Kelly from Raven Faith and get signed with Raven Faith Records? Oh, um, it actually was through another band um, from West Virginia that had been talking to Kelly. Um, and he said, you guys, He they actually came down and um, played a show. And um, they were like, you guys really need to call this guy and talk to him and see what he's about. Or at least pray into it. See what he's got to say and then pray about it. And then... Um, it kind of just rolled out from there. And how long has it been that you've been with Kelly and Raven Faith? 
Um, we're going on a year. Um, we're we're newbies with the label, so <laughs> we've been with them um, not quite a year yet. So. So as you've been progressing as a band in the ministry that God's called you to, what are some of the things that God has shown you that you're on the right path? Those little indications that yes, we are moving forward. The confirmations. Uh, for for me personally, um, is is when we've done ministry and um, we we went and done prison ministry one time. We we went to a juvenile detention center, and one kid in there gave his life to the Lord. Hmm. And to me, that just made it just opened up my eyes to say, you know, say this is it's worth it. Everything that we're putting into this is worth it because God is doing something in this. Um, even if it's only for the one. <laughs> and I think another thing, too, um, all of us can say that we've had testimonies where, um, you know, our song or our music video or, or something struck a chord that they were able to relate, you know, with a circumstance in their individual lives. And um, yeah. we've had plenty of opportunity to pray with people. Um, and, you know, there'll be 10 times more testimonies that we don't hear, but the ones that we are fortunate enough to get confirmation <laughs> and, um, you know, word to receive, those are big blessings. Um, and we just have to, again, walk in faith and not by sight because, we we're called to do what we're called to do, and it's our job to be obedient. But the rest is between the Lord and those He's speaking to in the room, and we trust that He's powerful enough to to take those words that we're putting out there and and use them. So we just kind of leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the way to do it. It's, it takes a level of maturity to get to that point to realize that that's how that works. Because I remember. In, we're not going to talk much about it, but my earlier days of ministry, trying to flesh things out and make things happen. You were looking at me when you said that. So I, I just, yeah, <laughs> Dan, Dan, Dan was with me for like, those yep. days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm still it's there. It's the dang ants. <laughs> <laughs> it is, man. <laughs> so just a few weeks ago, you released a new single entitled Drowning. And I really like this song because, I mean, it's, it's structured very well. I mean, it's, it's a really good song, but it really touches upon a point that I remember in my life when I was lost, I felt like I was drowning. A lot of times we throw that term around and it's like, oh, that's a, you know, a, a description of the way that you feel or it's just a, an adjective to describe things. But before I was saved, I really felt like I was drowning. And this was in... 1993 and one of the big songs on the radio at that time was Alice in Chains Wood and the chorus Into the Flood Again. I even had that at the time inscribed in my ring that I got from college because that's how I felt at that I time. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt overwhelmed. I felt like I was I was drowning. And I think not only do people who are not saved feel that, but I believe that there are times that people who have been saved feel that or feel that God has left them, that they're kind of on their own and they're a little bit overwhelmed by the circumstances. Can you share with us a little bit about how that song came about, what inspired that song, and what it is that you would like for both categories of people to get out of it, those who have been saved and those who are lost? Uh, yeah, when uh, the, some of the, most of the songs that I write, they've been sitting around for the, the lyrics have been sitting around for years. Um, that one was one that came out of my battle with drug addiction before I knew the Lord. And what I want people to, to see out of that is that, that Jesus is the only way out. He's, he's, he's always reaching his hand out, and all we have to do is reach up and grab it, and he can pull us out of that, that deep place that we're in. Drug addiction is specifically mentioned in that song, but kind of like you said, like we all have a circumstance where we feel like we've just lost connection. Like we've totally unplugged and there's nobody there. But I think for me as singing the song, it's, it's more about focal point. Um, if you're looking at the exterior walls that surround you, of course you're going to drown because there's too much to look at and to focus on. But if you're looking at God, who has the bird's eye view and the strategy, again, are you going to focus on the answer and the solution or are you going to drown yourself by focusing on the things that could have, should have, and would have if I? You have to make that choice. And we all have had, like I said, circumstances where 
we we battle ourselves. We we battle exterior things, but we battle ourselves and our flesh and. Just um, being being overwhelmed by the flesh is basically what that song's about. Just being overwhelmed by fleshly desires, but at the same time, for people, if you look on, on the flip side of that, being a Christian now, um, there's been times where I felt like that I was being overwhelmed by a circumstance, and uh, Jesus was always there to pull me out of that. There's only one way to be delivered. And that's the basis of a lot of our music, not just drowning, drowning, of course, but um, you have one way to be delivered, truly delivered, and, and truly be healed, and that's through Christ. It's interesting you say that because when you think of a drowning person, a lot of times when somebody comes in to rescue them, they fight even harder and take the other person down with them. And yep. when Jesus comes, though, he comes and he wants you to rest to stop striving. Exactly. It's so amazing how he works and how there's so many analogies between drowning and being lost and, and being totally overwhelmed. Well, it can be emotional too. Yeah, an emotional drowning, yeah. Totally, totally and, overwhelmed by emotion. And and that's when you have to focus on him and, and give everything over to him. That's what I, I see. I love hearing testimonies like that of people being lifted out of drug abuse or addictions and, and darkness. Sometimes what I think may happen too is God starts dealing with the person before they ever go to the drug. And there's almost like a personal upheaval. There's guilt. There's all this stuff. But they run away from God to the drugs or to whatever substance or whatever relationship or whatever rebellious thing. And God was there even before. You know, and he was moving on them, and they're almost doing the drugs sometimes in reaction to the Holy Ghost upheaval in their heart before they've accepted Christ.
there's another song that you guys did, Let the Wind Blow. And when I listen to that song, it sounds like a prayer for the awakening of the church and the Holy Spirit to come and to awaken the church. And what year was that song released? <laughs> this is the Bible Belt. We don't remember that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been maybe a year or two years. Yeah, it's been about a year. Yeah, it was on the Hell Raiders album. It was the Hell Raiders album. So probably, yeah, about two years. We had a hard time getting some of that stuff released back when we were working on those the album until Raven Faith came along. <laughs> they helped us with some of that. Yeah. What were some of the things that you saw that inspired that song about the awakening of the church? What were some of the things that you saw that moved you to actually pray for the church to come out of its slumber? I think when you go out into your communities and um, like even right now we can use the pandemic, you see so many people operating in fear. Granted, I understand that you know there's a fine line between walking in fear and, and godly wisdom. You can do things to be preventative and take care of yourself and take care of your neighbor, um, but at the same time, when you're operating at such a level that fear is running everything that you do, it's time. It's time to wake up. It's time to see things for what they are. It's it's time to snap out of the slumber of well, I'll I'll eventually get there. I'll eventually I'll I'll get there a little later. Not right now, but later. It's no, it's, it's it's time to it's time to step up. It's time to wake up. Get up. Get up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, faith over fear is a, is a is a big thing for us. It's time it's time to sound the alarm. Get people up. You can't you can't fight a battle laying down on your back. No, you're right. You, you can't. And with the recent pandemic, and this is there's no right or wrong answer to this. Do you see people being awakened right now? Is that something uh, that you're seeing as a reality? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I think we kind of all agree that um, you see online churches blooming and blossoming. Um, you've got people who are too afraid or they feel too judged to actually walk into the church doors. Um, in a physical building and location, but they're okay with watching online. And now that we've, um, you know, we've been forced to be at home and bring the family back home and be locked in, um, you see more people paying attention to what the Lord is speaking to our pastors. And I think that's a great thing. Um, I also feel that if the church was started at home and God, God reigns in you and in your household, um, the amount of worship that can change the atmosphere in your home and then the domino effect takes over the community. I mean, what miracle is he working right now? <laughs> I mean, honestly, what miracle is he up to? Because, you know, God doesn't God doesn't do anything without totally showing out sometimes. And I just feel prophetically I just feel like, you know, there's gonna become a a day where everybody's going wow, look what God did. And I think that's the point to so many things that we've faced and that we've witnessed, not just here in the U.S., but globally. He's just a miracle worker, and he's still in the business. I think, too, that whether this pandemic is, you know, like something, is the end time leading into maybe a one-world government or whatever that people are saying, whether it's that or whether it's not, it's still... A time of preparation for the true Christians to rise up and be what we're called to be. Mm -hmm. It's all, it's also a time of okay, let's refocus. We can look at everything happening across the globe, and we can see it this one way, or we can turn our focus around and look at God and go, okay, what do you have for me in this, and what do you what do you want me to do in this particular situation? What do you want me to do today? I think it's a chance to reset not only your mind but your heart because um, we all can go around and say yes I love Jesus I love Jesus I love Jesus but when you're at home and you're in a place of worship where and this was part of a message that we watched today with online church you can be in a place and you can worship without anybody else around you watching now that's that's true worship that's and I think that's where revival will start is from within at home um, and people just getting excited again, waking up, being excited to be awake in the spirit realm. And again, it attests to the family unit. 
the importance yeah. of the yeah. family unit and how God works on that. And you can rock Garfield slippers and not be self-conscious <laughs> about it. Exactly. When these pandemic restrictions are lifted, I understand that there's been some lifting of restrictions in North Carolina, and we are slowly getting back to something that looks like normal a little bit in South Carolina right now. Where are some places that our listeners can go and, and see you guys? Because we've got a lot of listeners in South Carolina and North Carolina because of where we're based out of, but we also have worldwide listeners as well. Well, right now, a lot of our stuff has been canceled. We do have a few shows that we play regularly at the Upper Room in Statesville, North Carolina, and also the Holy Grind Coffee House. 
um, in China Grove, but right now the only thing left on our calendar for the year so far is the Holy Grind, and we have two two dates on there. You can always go to social media and check our events page. Um, we keep it updated. As soon as we have an event locked down, it's always put on our social media events page. And what are the dates that you have right now on the calendar? We're at the Holy Grind on June 13th, if that one still takes place. We also have Dakota's Ride, which is in Winston-Salem. Um, it's a biker event that raises money for families that lose their newborns um, and their infants. Um, Dakota's Ride takes place again in Winston-Salem. That's September 26th. We also are at the Holy Grind again November 14th, um, and that's in China Grove. And we also have um, October 4th planned for Crossfire Ministries. Um, it's a church, and it's a Sunday morning. Again, that's October 4th, and all of those are on our events page. Yeah, I think a road trip's in order. I-77, here we come. <laughs> we'll, we'll, bring, right. we'll bring some watermelon <laughs> from <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> we'll bring, we'll bring genetically yeah, we'll genetic altered uh, watermelon. <laughs> For the month of June, we are going to feature you guys on our social media as our prophetic artists of the month, and we are going to include links for our listeners and followers to find out more about The Last Trumpet. Where are some places that our listeners can find your music, and how can they best support you? They can go and mainstream through um, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Yeah, we're on all big streaming stations. Um, we're on Apple Music, iTunes, Google Play. We're, I mean, it's, it's out there on most of your major digital uh, stations. Digital downloads and streaming stations. Yeah, yeah if you want to donate, you can go to Raven Faith Records and go to Donations and find us through that way too also. And I am not surprised that the person that answered first as to where they can find the links was Lex of the Computer Tech. Not surprised <laughs> at all. She's on it. That She's... wasn't a setup or anything. <laughs> <laughs> She's on that stuff. Um, but the other, I guess the, the biggest way to support us too is if you can't do, um, you know, purchase music or donate financially is we always need prayer, um, you know, God has a strategic plan and, and a vision, and sometimes as humans, we miss it. So, you know, we can always use the backing of prayer and also show up, come out to your venues, call your radio stations, tell them you want to hear TLT, send them an email or a message and tell them, hey, replay that, that, that pod show that you had going on with TLT. We missed a portion of that. We need to hear it again. Um, just be involved when you, you see us coming around to your town. Tell your venues in your area you want to see us there. Um, that's the best way to support us. And when we do show up, we want to see you show up. <laughs> I'm also thinking we need to get you guys down here to South Carolina sometime. Yeah. I, I'm really thinking we need to. Do, so we first need to make a road trip up 77. Dan and I will come up with <laughs> copious amounts of watermelon up 77. And then you guys can come down here and uh, escape, you know, the fire ants and yeah. see what we got going on down here. That'd be great. Be, be really good. Well, for our listeners, this is The Last Trumpet. They are our prophetic artist of the month for the month of June. And if you want to find out more about them by going to our website, it's lithoscry, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y dot com. Or you can send us an email if you want to talk to us at lithoscry at gmail.com. Guys, thank you so much for being yeah, on you. with us. Thank you, guys. And we look nice forward to meeting you. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Bless you. Glenn, yeah. What if Walmart came out with genetically modified fire ants? That'd be really <laughs> cool. Oh! <laughs> See, that would balance things out. It would right balance there. things out. All right, I'm thinking about these things. <laughs> thank you all so much. How you doing out there? I'm Chuck Mangione. You know, even celebrities have to hunt for bargains. That's why I go to the Mega Low Mart, where shopping feels so good. Lithoscry.com.